think that everybody's forgot. Super important that we remember. First John 318 says that we need to love. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another installment in the Indeed and Truth Ministries podcast series. I'm Logan. I'm Amber. And we are here to have conversations about faith-related topics today. And one of those faith-related topics is going to be... War. Well, not war, but... (laughs) Spiritual war. Okay, there you go, there you go. Now you're in it. All right, so yeah, we're going to talk about... Yeah, it is, but don't get the wrong message. So (laughs) we're going to have a conversation about spiritual warfare today. Um, and before we get into that, I just want to let people know if you guys want to reach out to us with praise reports, prayer requests, anything like that, you guys can get a hold of us on our website on the contact tab. It's indeedandintruthministries.com um, or .org, sorry, indeedandintruthministries.org. Um, and you guys can reach out to us there. Also, if you guys are interested in supporting the ministry, there's a giving tab there. You guys can give and that'll go towards that money will go towards, um, software equipment, um, things that we do for outreach, all those different kinds of things. Um, keeping the website running, uh, currently the funds that are in there, that's all the funds we have. That's what's keeping the website up and running right now. Um, but we encourage people, if you guys want to give, or if you want to sew into us, please, please, please feel free to do so. Um, and uh, that's that's the only thing I can think of as far as that. Do you got anything you want to add before we jump into the topic, Amber? No, 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 really. Um, you kind of covered it all with the, um, you know, the giving and everything. You know, eventually we're going to be wanting to travel and do some of that stuff as well. So just building those funds is crucial. Yeah, we're actually talking about possibly getting into some kind of a fundraising idea. That was raised up by one of the staff members was talking about a fundraising a really idea, idea, which was a better idea. I've never done it before. So, I mean, that that turned out to be a pretty, that, you know, we're just working on determining how much we're going to do with it and stuff like that. So, anyways, um, but yeah, we're working on that. So, please, please, if you guys want to sew into us, sew into us. Uh, I promise you we're not living off of it at all. Uh, you know, I work a full-time job that takes care of all the bills, so that's not what we need. But we can't. Uh, take care of our house on top of uh, trying to do all the rest of it too. We've, we've done that for a lot of years and we continue to do that where we can do it. But um, you know, two, $3,000 is hard to come up with when someone wants a concert to come in. So just think, keep about those things in mind. Um, the major ministry changes right now. We got nothing like that coming up. We're praying. We're seeking God about what next year looks like. I got a pretty good direction about what next year looks like. We're going to get back to some fundamental things. We're going to be releasing a new series in the end of February. Um, and so I, I'm just hoping everybody is is staying focused and, and keeping on that. And I'm telling you, share the podcast around to your friends, family, anybody you can think of. Um, because this series coming up next year, you guys do not want to miss it. It is going to be, uh, it is going to be, it's going to be good. I'm excited about. There's a lot of fundamental things to talk about. Uh, I think we're going to bring some of the people on from the staff and stuff like that, and we're going to really get into some deep topics and talk about this stuff. So I'm excited about it. Uh, so let's go ahead and we're going to jump into our topic for today. That is spiritual warfare. And generally, I think this is what Amber might have been thinking about for a scripture. Would have been uh, Ephesians six twelve. It says, "For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places." And so the first thing. What do you what do you got to say about that? Before I start really dissecting this, but what do you got to say about that scripture? What uh, let's start here. What do you identify as spiritual warfare? Like just what do I identify? Yeah, just rattle some stuff off. Well, I uh, I mean, I always notice when it's coming on me because I get 
distracted and distraction will come very easily. Um, and then it, it, it's, it's always the same patterns. It seems, you know, the attack will be on, um, something will fall apart with my kids or, uh, with my marriage or, um, my finances or it, it's always the same things that seem to be attacked. Well, sometimes the enemy likes to take new approaches and will go after your mind and everything else, or he'll use other people, which is why it says you do not fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and um, those things is because it's talking about those um, those spirits behind the people, or as me and you like to say, the thing behind the thing. So, um, and that's what that's talking about is the thing behind the thing, you know, the thing behind the person, what's driving that person. It's typically some type of a spirit, whether it be Holy Spirit or a demon spirit, you know, it, sometimes it's not always good. So, you know, I, I believe wholeheartedly that those types of principalities and things that come against us are sent to derail us, sent to distract us, sent to get us off of our focus off of Jesus. And that's where spiritual attack begins. Because then you have to fight to get your focus back where it belongs. Okay, so what I see here, when we look at this, Ephesians 6, 12, says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, uh, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So what I see here is four different uh, levels of demon authority. Oh, yeah. Demonic authority. You know, so, um, you know, we're kind of getting into some deliverance ministry stuff here, but there's, you know, there's there's four different types of um, wickedness that I'm seeing labeled here. And I didn't notice that I had, I was listening to a minister and he brought this up and this is what he was talking about when he started sharing about this. And I was like, wow, I never even thought about that before, but it is, that's what I'm seeing here because he breaks those four things down very mm-hmm. specifically. And so one of those things that uh, we could look into it in the Hebrew defines us as something that would be like a magistrate uh, power or somebody who, who, who handles rules. So sometimes you can have a mayor um, you know, I'm going to call her out because I'm convinced she's got a demon, but it's the mayor of Chicago. Um, look at all the things that happened during 2020 and the things that she let happen and all this other stuff like that's supposed to be a no gun zone, but it's probably one of the most dangerous cities in the entire United States. You know what I'm saying? Right. Why do you think those types of things are? Because I believe wholeheartedly that there is some kind of demonic influence on her administration. And so her only purpose is to destroy and break the people of Chicago. That's all she does. That's all she's good for. Uh, and if you've ever seen a picture of her, I mean, she looked like she just got a demon. Um, so anyway, so you got, you got stuff like that. And I'm just being real with it, okay? And you got powers. Power is another thing that talks about authority, jurisdictions, um, or, yeah, jur- sorry, jurisdictions, um, <clears throat> liberty, and power, right, strength. So then there, so we got demons who work at like a local level. Let's just call it that, right? Then you got demons that work at regional levels. You know, they, they, they're, they're it's like a prophet. You have a prophet that could be called a prophet, and the Lord set that person as a prophet over a area or even a city or even this or this or this. And then there's a prophet that God may have set over if that prophet isn't the prophet just for that particular purpose. There'll be a prophet that sits over a region. Right. Right. Because the Bible tells us that the foundation was built on Christ Jesus and the apostles and prophets. Without the apostles and prophets, the spiritual growth and the ministry won't go anywhere. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it needs the apostolic anointing to build and to and to design and to, hey, let's try this. Hey, let's try this. Hey, let's try this. It needs the apostolic anointing to do that. And then the apostolic needs the prophetic because the prophetic gets divine revelation from the Lord about whatever it is that they're building and saying, hey, you got to do this. Hey, do it this right. way. Hey, go here. Hey, go here. So, and those operate differently as well, okay? We got to understand that things that we see came from a thing that we don't see. So if we understand that a mayor can be a mayor, then mayors answer to a governor and governors answer to a president. And a president, you know, do you see what I'm saying? There's yeah. levels there. There's levels of authority there. And so I think what he was talking about here, he's trying to lay it out like, hey, there is there is demonic entities that will be influencing this particular area. You made a comment about it. Tell that story about going through an area or whatever you had. You, uh, you going through an area and like if somebody was, uh, you got like this instant thought like, oh, I need to kill. Oh, myself intrusive or, thoughts. You know, yeah. they they call them intrusive thoughts. That's what the world calls it. But you know, I, I had heard a man say it once. He said. Uh, he said, that's not intrusive thoughts. He said, those are demons speaking to you. He said, have you ever went through a random, um, like went through a random town, you're just driving through it, and all of a sudden you get the sudden, sudden thought of, oh, let's run our car off the road and hit the semi over here. Nobody will know that you're gone. Nobody will care that you're dead. Da, 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 da. And it's it's just so heavy on you. And it's like, well, what's, what, what's wrong with me? Like just a few minutes ago, I was singing hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, and now I'm, let's kill myself like what what just happened there he said what happened is is a demon came in and he just influenced you right there and just started speaking to you so um, immediately you know you need to take cap you know take that thought captive and say you know what uh uh-uh we you know i don't play that game you know i I, he was also talking about how he said there's mothers out there that have those random thoughts of like be giving their babies a bath be all excited and everything you know oh they're so cute and then all of a sudden they have that intrusive thought of oh let's drown them like i don't know why we have you know of course that's because that's what demons do is they they come in and they want to kill and they want to just they do to steal and destroy they steal your happiness they want to um kill whatever little bit of joy you have they that's what they're designed to do they work for the enemy and what does john 10 10 say it says the enemy comes not but to steal to kill and to destroy so if he comes to kill steal and destroy what do you think his workers are coming to do so we could say this is this is an example of like this this demon may be or this spiritual influence may only be specific to a region yeah. You know, why is it that you think that you see in some areas like, you know, or maybe in one city, domestic violence is, is on the rage or right. you may go to another city and, and alcoholism drugs, and yeah. drugs is on the rage. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like those are those are spirits. Now, does that mean that they can't be regional spirits? Absolutely not, because like we just discussed, a prophet even could be a regional prophet, but also be a, a specific voice to a city and God uses for a specific city because maybe he's got other people in the in the area or whatever that is speaking to people and speaking to other cities and so on and so forth. But, you know, on the regional side of that, God's only raised one up. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that's always the case. I'm just trying to paint a picture, give an example. So de- demon entities or spirits, spiritual influences can be in an area like that, but they can also take over an entire region. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I've had people that have told me that they've drove through, like, towns and stuff, and 
and then they've had those thoughts. So, I mean, like you said, it, it could be regional. It could just be like specific. Well, not just that, or... but you've also can go into a town. If you, if you let the Holy ghost really work with you and you learn how to exercise your senses, you can go into a place and you can pick up on something as soon oh, as yeah. you walk through the door, you know, you know, sometimes you'll go into a place and you just got this really weird feeling about it. And you know, then all of a sudden you walk up and there's this little Indian guy standing behind the ta- cash register. Who's just got the worst stare that you've ever seen in your entire life. Why? He's probably got some kind of a demonic influence in his life. Um, especially if they've messed around with Hinduism or anything like that. There's all kinds of things that they open themselves up to passively and don't even realize that they're doing it. Why? Because we've made witchcraft this, this, this new fad and you know, all well, all well, witches do sage and they do this and they do this and they do this and they like, yeah. And that's, that's all fine and dandy, but understand those are familiar spirits that are attaching themselves. You, You using a Ouija board, you playing around with Ouija boards. I used to play with them all the time. You playing around with a Ouija board. Um, and that thing starts moving and doing all the thing that it's doing. And you start what you believe you to be as you're contacted and talking with the dead, you're talking with a familiar mm-hmm. spirit that, that, that has taken on the identity of somebody that you claim to love and you claim to know, and they're fooling you and tricking you into things and opening you up. And those types of things just open you up to all kinds of spiritual influence. So then you wonder why somebody goes absolutely bonkers. Mm-hmm. Have you ever noticed why uh, mental like the mental health stuff is like at the highest peak that it's ever been in, in, in like all time. Actually, and, you want to know what my answer for that is? And it's, uh, it's, I, I really think it's demonic influence because I don't of, think it's, I think you're right. I think demonic influence is one part of that, but it's because the church stopped casting devils. That's what people. I'm saying. Like it, it, I was getting to that, but you know, it's demonic influence from where, you know, people have said, Oh, if you would just burn sage in your house, you'll get rid of all the bad spirits and you'll have positive vibes. I used to do that stuff too, because my parents, they were Indian. So they thought, you know, if we put the little sage in the seashell and take the feather and go around the corners of the room and then we'll dump it out next to the tree and I'll be fine and dandy. Now, my parent, my grandparents, my they never really taught me to cast the demons out. You know, like they had a full understanding of what that meant because they 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 went to Bible college. They did all that. They know they knew, but the problem was is I think the deliverance ministry that Jesus had taught just stopped caring. Like they, it, it became this thing of, okay, we don't talk about witches. We don't talk about that stuff because that's from like 19, what 1980s and stuff. Like that's what they used to do back then. They hang witches and all that way and longer. Now that's you're, what I'm saying. you're not like, even close. Well, whatever. 1914s, whatever. I don't even Try know before the 19th century. <laughs> I don't even know, <laughs> but I'm just saying like, that's where they go to is, Oh, you living in like the 19th century or whatever with your little, Oh, witchcraft and, oh here comes the witches and and no it has nothing to do with that that stuff is there was a reason that it was so prominent then and there's a reason it's so prominent now it's just it's just became normal now because everybody does it well and that's the problem is because we as a church have stopped dealing with the devil now i can't say that for every church because i know there are churches out there in the united states and abroad that are dealing with satan on a regular basis, you know what I'm saying? And people who want to get set free go to those churches and thank God that they do and thank God they do get set free. But that's the problem is because that was never just intended for, oh, this section of church over here to have this gift. Right. Now, does that mean that God, you know, and the Bible tells us that the Holy Ghost will divide severally as he will. So am I saying, um, no, not everybody. This is what I am saying though. Uh, try not to make sure I don't say this the wrong way. Um, this is what I am saying. 
I believe that Jesus paid a price for us to have access to that type of authority. The only thing he told the disciples when they couldn't cast the one devil out, they come and they said, he said, he said, this kind cometh out not but by prayer and fasting. And at this point, these guys probably hadn't even been exposed to the level of prayer and fasting that they got into after Jesus died and went up and went ascended back into heaven. You see what I'm saying? So they hadn't even began to touch that because you'll never find another situation again after that especially Peter, never found us another situation again ever that he was he ever looked at somebody and said, come out, and they weren't released. Right. You know what I mean? We we start hearing people screaming, and, you know, and I think about it because I was thinking, I just thought about this, and I was going to pull the scripture up, but I don't want to lose what I got right here. There was an instance where Jesus was trying to cast the devil out of somebody because the, this guy came and said, Lord, help my unbelief. He said, this spirit torments him. It tries to drown him. It tries to do this, tries to do this. And then it says that he weeped, it, or he like gnashed at his teeth. Mm-hmm. And then within the same hour, he was made whole. Now, I might have got my stories a little mixed up, but I remember two instances at least where Jesus cast the devil out of somebody. And one of those particular instances, he, it was within the same hour was made whole. And most of them were national. So what I think we're seeing in the deliverance side of things, when we're dealing with spiritual things, right? We're dealing with demons that are influencing at a local and a regional level and they manifest in people and they show up mm-hmm. in a meeting somewhere and somebody catches on to it and they call it out and they start dealing with it and they start trying to cast it out. That thing starts throwing itself around. It screams and cusses at the pastor. It does it. And by that point, you know, in some churches, the, the altar team would have done picked them up and hauled them out the door. Like, you're not going to talk to our pastor like that. Yep. You not realize what you're doing. The only thing you're doing is removing them from a situation that's going to get them set free throwing them right back out the front door and hoping the next time they come through that thing doesn't manifest again. Right. You know, and that right there, I think it's I think it's super important that we understand one thing before I let you say it. Your ministry team, your altar team had better be mature enough in the spirit to deal with people when they come up and they do that kind of stuff instead of just grabbing them and running them out the door. Right. And trying to detain them or trying to control them. Or- well, I had asked you a question about that once before. I said, why do you think maybe the reason that we don't see, you know, the pastors casting out devils as much anymore is because, oh, it'll scare the children. It'll scare the congregation. It'll scare this, that, and the other. I was watching this video, and uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, John Ramirez. I was watching him. He was casting out a devil in this in this woman, and she was she was cussing and carrying on, and he just kept saying, "Oh, Jesus loves you," and he just kept he just kept going with her, like he you know, and he kept saying, "Now shut up," and I mean, he was speaking straight to it, and and eventually it got to the point where she started to growl, she started to scream, and then she started to throw up, like she threw up everywhere, like it was really gross, but she was set free like she felt so much better and she came back in and gave her testimony as to what was happening but she was a pregnant woman and she was talking about how uh, and this demon inside of her was talking about how it was going to kill her it was going to kill her baby it was going to kill him it was going to and and i mean this is this is what it was doing to her and it it was just a spirit of destruction that had fell upon her and it was just tearing her her life apart and she had came back and gave that testimony and I thought it was so awesome but the whole time I'm watching this I, I I couldn't help but think you know the that's probably why you don't see it as much anymore is because people get scared when they see that stuff oh they're just acting out da, 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 da. no they're really they're really just filled with a demon 
They, you know, demons well, I lie. Think, you know, I don't I think that we hear, like I said, if you go back in scripture and you start reading those instances that Jesus and stuff was dealing with people like that, you'll find stuff like, oh, in the same hour they were made whole, immediately this was, immediately this was done, or, um, you know, uh, and uh, they they gnashed or they did this or they convulsed or they you know what I'm saying like we we see deliverance ministry we don't see it enough I guess but enough for it to be normal to us right because like you said hey people are thinking oh well it's gonna it's gonna scare this person it's gonna scare this person maybe if the world actually seen that happen a little more often maybe they would realize what it was they were dealing with because you gotta understand something Jesus when Jesus showed up in an area and did stuff like that you want to know what scared people. Jesus showed up, and the uh, what is it? The Genesariat, the demon, the demoniac, or whatever it yeah. was. He he was there, and the Bible told us that he would cut his flesh, and he mm-hmm. no chains could bind him, and he oh, was yeah. butt naked out in the middle of the woods, and he come out and and he begged Jesus to have mercy on him, and when Jesus set him free, and those you know, the legion came out and did whatever. We're not talking about that, but this guy, you what scared people was when Jesus encountered people like this. They, he said, they, they said that they came out to see what was done. They found him clothed and in his right mind. Yeah. So what's that tell us? That tells us that I think there's an expectation that Jesus puts on people to deal with that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, I heard someone teaching about talking about activation dreams, and I've had several dreams oh, where yeah. I've been casting devils out of people and I've been doing stuff like that. And I've only ever had one opportunity um, to actually probably get to exercise that. Um, because most people who've got some kind of demonic influence or areas of their life that they don't want to let go of, or maybe they're just kind of dealing with, and you know, the the devil gets to use that as a playground. He'll come in and he'll try to oh, manipulate yeah. that and use that. So like, I've only ever had like one instance I really could have gotten into it with because most people just run from me, and once they pick up on something, they're like, <laughs> yeah. oh no, and they just leave. But this particular girl, like she was, uh, she was one that. And I refused to even step up to the plate to do it. And the only reason being was because she refused to give her heart to the Lord. She refused to get saved. And I'm not going to set you free because Jesus said, if you cast it out and they come back and find all, you know, he said that spirit will wander for a while and it'll come back and it'll say, Hey, you know, I found the place was swept and garnished and furnished and everything like that. I mean, but the only thing he said, it was swept, garnished and furnished. There was nothing living in there. Mm -hmm. And so he said, he went and got seven more worse than himself and come back. And the state of that man was worse than before. So why would I cast that out of somebody or deal with somebody like that level if they're not willing to get saved? Right. You know, uh, I Ryan Lestrange was sharing a story and I thought it was interesting. And I was kind of, because I kind of felt bad about that whole situation because I felt like, well, maybe I should have done something or maybe I should have done something. Maybe I should have just called her out and said something to her. And I didn't, but he said something about this one time. He was talking about someone, a guy had caught him backstage somewhere and wanted to talk to him. And he just turned around and looked at him and said, look, he said, if you're not interested in getting free, and you don't want to be set free, I'm not going to waste my time with you. He said, because the devil likes to waste your time. Oh, yeah, he will. He will He will send people in there to get, not that everybody that you ever interact with is wasting your time, but, you know, sometimes he's just going to put somebody in there who is to just going to distract yep. you and get in the way and annoy I've had, you. And I've had instances where, uh, you know, God had sent me on a mission to give somebody a word or something, and I, I for whatever reason, like 10, you know, 10 people come over and want to talk to me, and it's about, you know, and it's and I'm not saying they're, what they wanted to talk to me about was insignificant, but it was about, like, silly things. They could have texted me about that, you know? But it, it just, like... I've noticed like when I've got my mindset and God wants me to give somebody a specific word, 
it's it's almost like the devil sends like 50 distractions my direction to get me sidetracked from deliver delivering you know what i mean so so we've identified at least a few ways of some spiritual warfare there's a few more there's a couple more things here we might go on this for a couple of weeks um, because we've got rulers of darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness and and we'll get into that but i definitely like this conversation here about um you know having local I'm- I was about to say, I know that, uh, you know, the big thing with the church today and a lot of people within the church right now, their big thing is, is, oh, I'm so sick of hearing everybody talk about demons and this and that and the other. But, you know, we wouldn't have to talk about it so much if we didn't allow it so much. We wouldn't have to talk about it so much if we would just step up to the plate and do what Jesus said to do. You know, he didn't walk into a place and see somebody demon bound and just walk right past them. You know, he, he just didn't do it. And that's, and that's what I, I get frustrated about. And, you know, in Ephesians 5.11, it says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. And that is the whole point of everybody talking about demons right now is they're trying to expose the darkness that we are living in. We are leave, living in, you know, Satan's world. We are living in it right now, you know. And with that being said, we have to expose the darkness that's around us. We have to be the light in it. Jesus actually said, "If you are, uh, if you're supposed to be the salt of the earth, and you've lost your savor, then bear with what? What are you going to salt with? Right? You know, salt is good, but it's it it also has like a you know a zingy taste to it. You know, that's my excuse for my attitude sometimes because <laughs> I'm good, but I'm I'm coming with a bite, and it's going to hurt. And it's not my job whether you like it or not, because Jesus said, if they reject you, it's not you they reject. Or he made right. a comment about the along those lines. Or I remember he was one of the apostles. I just remember reading it. But he said, you know, it, to re- they're not necessarily rejecting you. They're rejecting him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my witness has got to be, okay, God, if you tell me this is what I got to do, this is what I'll go do. Right. Now, I don't get used like that very often. Um, I will be honest about that. Like there's been a few times God's been like, Hey, I want you to give this word to this person or just encourage this person or something, but it really doesn't happen as often. Um, I tend to find that God uses me to establish relational patterns with people. And then in a time or in a season when they need it the most, God will give me something prophetic to speak to them and I'll release it. And it's just like, they're just like staring at me. They had no clue. You know what I'm saying? But that took months of relationship before we ever got there. You know what I mean? Months of me of just, you know, being in the same place at the same time kind of thing. I pray for it to happen daily. If I'm out in public, you know, as soon as I leave our house, that is the mission field. And with that being our mission field, I want to be primed up and ready no matter where I go. I want God to give me a word in in every room I'm in, you know. If he's got a word for somebody, I want to be a vessel. And that's what, and that's my biggest prayer. And that's, that's something I pray for constantly. God, if I'm in a place where you want to, you want to speak to somebody, then use me. I'll, I'm willing, I'm available. I'm here. I'm listening. Give it to me. I'll give it to them. And that's, that's the, I think that's why I'm used quite a bit in that area is because that, that is my prayer. Every you also single spend morning. way more time in public than I do. That is true. I work. We're doing something at a nursing home or ministry related or the church, and I'm home. I'm in the grocery stores. Yeah, as I say, you're all over the place. I don't, I'm also not out. And and when I am out in public, like because of the nature of my work, we have to be cautious about how we interact with the public because, you know, well, 
I'm not. I kind of, I kind of do my own thing. I'll be honest with you, but you know, work I don't. Is, do though, it, you work to the, for the Lord. I so. do. I don't do it outside of. I don't do it in a bad way. I, just, I know. I kind of do it my own thing. Especially some people who probably listen to this on a regular basis know how many hours I've just kind of sat in their offices and, and just ministered to people and talked to them. And but that's what I'm saying. It's always been a relational thing for me. Um, very rarely, like I said, has God like, Hey, say something to this person. You know what I mean? But when I get those kinds of moments, I usually respond to them. He uses because, you strategically. Yes. I was told that by somebody, which I knew that, but it was oh, interesting that that person. I yeah. knew somebody said that to you. That's you funny. were sitting in the room when it was said. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. She said, she actually said, you're very strategic. Oh, that was her comment. And I just kind of giggled because anybody who knows me knows that I am strategic. I'm strategic about kingdom work. Why? Because Satan's strategic. Well, yeah, you have. You to know, he studies that. everything that you do. He's looking for a way to mess things up. Why do you think spiritual warfare is so effective? Why do you think it is that I think Paul wrote to the Ephesians to warn them and say, "Hey, it is not flesh and blood that you're going to be dealing with. You need to remind yourself. You need to stir yourself up and remember that you're fighting against powers. You're fighting against. Um, you're fighting against. I'm sorry. You're fighting against principalities and powers and rulers and spiritual wickedness and also, you know, you're you're fighting against things that you cannot you cannot physically see. And you got to understand that when you see people, sometimes those people may not have totally been set free from something or have totally come out of something. And therefore some of those things are going to manifest in them. Right. And then you have some people Jesus warned us about said that they're going to be sheep and wool or wolves and sheep's clothing. Yep. And so those are people that are just, you know, they're just, they're just wicked. I mean, or just, I don't know if you really want to go that far with, with that. They're just, I don't really know if I want to go that far with evil either, because we could get into that whole conversation about how you've got bad, evil, and then wicked. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like a wicked person just won't turn. But anyways, um, you know, so I, I think that, I think this is a good start of the conversation. We understand we just had a discussion, you know, um, we, we, we are talking about being able to, you know, have there's, there's local demonic influence. There's even regional demonic influence. Um, and you know, we can even take that a step further, which really, I don't want to go too far cause it really pushes into rulers of darkness. Um, and that could even get to a state level, you know what I'm saying? Right. Or a multi-regional level. Her I would even state. consider powers. I could even see powers and principalities being in a multi-regional area, you yeah. know, but it's, you start getting into the bigger sides of this, you start to really see how much further this can go. Um, and we can look at, we could sit and evaluate people's lives all day long. And the reality is that if people aren't saved, we really don't have any business no, uh, get, even, as Christians because they're not saved. They're, they are doing what they know to do. They are living out of who they feel like they are. Now, if you are saved, you know, now let me finish this. If they're not saved, you don't got no room to be judging them. You don't got no room to be trying to line them up against the word and tell them how horrible of a person they are. And they're going to hell and all this other stuff. Like you need to love them enough to let them know that hell's real. I was going to say there's actually in first John, it says that it says that who am I to judge another man's servant? So you guys need God. They're another man's servant. So if you uh, if you think about that, then just just remind yourself. You know, this is not this is not even. You don't need to be getting in the middle of all that. But if they are saved, if they are supposed to be Christians, if they do believe and they've been res, you know, they've been uh, bought by the blood, all those kinds of things. If those things are evident in their lives, then we have a responsibility to judge them against the word. But you need to remember that you have to judge them against the word in love. You can't just tear them apart with it. Even if you do recognize some level or some spirit that's influencing the area and you're seeing it manifest in this particular person, you know, just because a home's filled with domestic violence doesn't mean that after people get saved that domestic violence always stops. 
Now that spirit lost a foothold in that house, but it doesn't mean that they're going to be, they're going to have their whole life fixed in, a, in an hour. And, you know, now in some cases I've seen some people who've been hooked on drugs and stuff like that, put them down. They'll never pick them up again. I'm not saying it can't happen, but what happens the first time that a bill gets is late? What happens the first time this happens or bad grades or this or this or this? And, and you know, before this is what just happened, that spirit's going to look for a way, the devil's going to look for a way, and he's going to try to manipulate that situation to cause an explosion. And then what's he do? Then he's going to start trying to convince people, oh, you must never really been saved to begin with. I thought you being saved mean you weren't going to be this person. You see what I'm saying? It's very manipulating. So even if we're seeing those kinds of things, yes, we need to judge them in love and we need to judge them against the word in love, but we also got to remember that there are things far beyond what some people are even capable of recognizing in the moment that are influencing everyday decisions that we make. I was actually sharing with a woman today about that. Um, when I had first got saved, you know, I still had a spirit of addiction. I was still addicted. I was going behind my husband's back and um, snorting pills with my my sister's husband and or boyfriend or whatever he was. And I was still using my mom's pain medication and going over there and getting it from her. And I was still getting mixed up in that stuff, you know, up until the moment that I seen God heal my son's eye. And as soon as I seen him heal my son's eye, I was sold out. I, if he could do something like that, when I knew my baby was completely blind and he can take a blind child and completely flip it, I mean, what else could he do? And that was when I surrendered everything, you know. And that, I wouldn't that was, say everything because well, we had plenty of mess that followed. There was after still mess, that. but that was that was it for me. That was when I was like, "Okay, God, you're obviously real, and I want whatever you have." Like, and that was when I laid that down. So, if you are somebody listening today and you're here listening to us talk about being influenced by spiritual authorities and, and, and dealing with a spiritual warfare and fighting on that playing ground, but you're saying, I don't even have an opportunity. I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. Well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give you an opportunity. First thing that has to happen is you have to accept Christ. You have no authority over the devil if you haven't put Christ in your life. If you haven't made him Lord and Savior and you haven't confessed him, then he, you have no authority over the devil. But if you want authority over the devil, we're going to give you an opportunity to repeat this prayer with me and just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you and I relinquish my sin. And from this day forward, I will live for you because you died for me, God. And I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that Jesus Christ would be Lord and Savior of my life. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Please, please, please reach out to us. We want to know. We want to celebrate with you. Um, but now that you've done that, if you've accepted Jesus today, then you need to get in the Word. You need to get equipped. You need to start learning. You need to start studying. The Bible says to show, the study to show ourselves approved. Um, you know, so just 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 make sure that you're equipping yourself and readying yourself. Go back and check out some of the other podcasts that we've done. We're working on getting more material together to really help equip people and give people direction on some things like that. So please reach out to us and let us know. Um, and then we'll help you guys too with whatever we possibly can. So Amber, go ahead and pray us out. Father, we just thank you for the people that have listened to us today. We ask, Father, that you would just bless them and that you would keep them and that you would just help them and give them guidance in their walk with you, Lord, that when spiritual attacks come up upon them, Lord, that you give the, that you give them divine and supernatural clarity and direction on how to use their authority against it. And we just give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, guys, join back in with us next week, and we're going to do a part two on spiritual warfare uh, based in Ephesians 6. 12. So take care and God bless.